Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse and then set it on fire and then dip it in acid and then set the chunks on fire again just to make sure. This week, we're going back in time to see what else the Masterbook game system could license. What dregs could they pull out of nowhere and, and turn into an RPG somehow against all odds and common sense? Why? Wait, species? Really? Like the 1993 Natasha Henstridge movie with all the boobies in it? Are you sure? All right, here we go. It's System Mastery. Welcome back. I'm Jeff, joined as always by my co-host, John. That's us. We're the podcast that comes to you live across your... Wait a minute. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. We're live right now. We are alive (laughs) for the time being. No, this is a live podcast. We're broadcasting live right now, and a lot of people are listening to us as we do this. Yeah, thousands. That's why we take callers. Millions. In fact, John, I just noticed that the panel lit up. We have a caller online, too. Ooh, we've got a caller. Hold on. Uh, Yes, caller. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Um, Howard Stern's penis. Someone cut his. Th- thank you. Mm. Okay, <laughs> let's let's not do calls anymore. Okay, yeah. It seems we get a lot of those Baba Booey ones. We just keep getting a lot of people that sound suspiciously like you saying Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis. It's weird because I'm not even sure if that's a thing that happens regarding like Howard Stern anymore. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's a thing. Are we live in 1996? Is that what it is? That's what this is. Mm-hmm. This role playing game has caused us to go back through the mists of time to 19. 19- 1995, when a movie could be nothing more than titties and still have a major release with fucking Ben Kingsley and Alfred Molina. I was going to say, this isn't just titties. I mean, Natasha Henstridge isn't even starring in this thing. No, it's introducing Natasha Henstridge. Yeah, it is. Because, I mean, it really, it stars Michael Madsen, Ben Kingsley, Alfred Molina, and Marg Helgenberger. Hey, you forgot Forrest Whitaker and Michelle Williams. I'm sorry, I was going to say also starring Michelle Williams, and then and and feature- then like three character actors you've seen before. Yeah, and then it was going to be and Forrest Whitaker as what was his name? Spell Dan. Dan. It was just Dan. Okay, good. He was Dan. Uh, I think Madsen was Press. Press. That's what I was. Mean- I meant for Spell. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, John. It's been a long time since I've seen that film. Yeah, it's been almost 24 hours since you've seen that film. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't pull back the veil. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're in 1995. Oh, that's remember? right. We just saw Species. Yeah, we got out of the theater to see Species. Well, then who are you, stranger? <laughs> Why, I'm a 12-year-old, and I'm <laughs> gay as the day is long. Wait, were you gay when you were a kid? Yeah, oh, only when I was 12. Though. That's interesting. That's <laughs> yeah, a, well, that's a, Add that to the backstory, everybody. John's also, I was Macklemore, because when I was 12, I thought I was gay. <laughs> Well, if it's 1995, then I'm 15, and this is exactly in my target market because there's nipples in it. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Alien or otherwise. (laughs) Alien or otherwise. Yeah. You know, dog nipples. I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) No, the thing about dog nipples is they got so many. There's so many dog nipples. You can't even choose which ones to look at. We got so many great prices on so many dog nipples, cat nipples, and more. (laughs) This is going to turn into that cheech bit from uh, Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got dog nipples, cat nipples, chicken nipples. If you find cheaper nipples, milk them. Yeah, that's what it's going to turn into. Yeah. Although, did that come out before 1995? Because otherwise. 
didn't. <laughs> I want to say like 98. Oh, I don't remember when From Dust Till Dawn I came out. I have no idea when Dust Till Dawn came out. Guys, if you're curious as to why we aren't talking about the Masterbook game system, feel free to go check it out. In the previous episode that we did about the Masterbook uh, game system, Tales from the Crypt. I'm In, sorry, the world of Tales from the, the Crypt. The world. Excuse yeah. me, the world. Yeah, because this is the world of species. Man, okay, so we just watched this last night, and if I hadn't already read the book, watching that movie, because neither of us had seen it before. Oh, uh, I had seen Species when I was- Oh, had you? I think I, I didn't see it in when theaters. When you were 15? I think I saw it when I was like 16 or 17. I did not see it in theaters. It was on HBO. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't have HBO as a kid, so it had to have been one of those like free, you get a week of free HBO preview things. Oh, I loved those. Yeah. Mostly because I was like, what is it, one o'clock and everyone's asleep? Time to go look at titties. I, well, hopefully it's a Thursday, because that was- the HBO CEO of Tits did declare that Thursday night was like. How do I get the job as the CEO of Tits? For oh, HBO? they've they've pulled it back. They they canceled all those old shows at this. Hey, point. man, Game of Thrones still exists. Yeah, no, the I know. CEO of Tits still has a job. Uh, yeah, but it's a much reduced job. He's basically Milton from Office Space at this point. <laughs> back in the day, he was in charge of that Cat Ranch show and that Real Sex show. Basically, if you wanted to watch old Taxi gross people cab confessions, yeah, Red Shoe Diaries, fuck yeah, baby. If you wanted to watch old gross people like talk about their Kundalini's or whatever, that was the network for you as long as it was Thursday and two in the morning. Ah. Now you don't want to watch it any other day at two in the morning because it's going to be reruns of Arliss or something. <laughs> See, that's why you needed, when they gave you that free week, mm -hmm. they gave you that little like pamphlet yeah. that was what's going to be on this week, and you'd flip through it and just be like, oh, I wonder what movies are playing, and then you'd immediately look at like two every single day and go like, all right, Arliss, 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 ooh, titties. Arliss's titties? <laughs> well, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> and he port the storm. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. So yeah, we we've already talked about the master book system. Um the very very basics. There are eight core statistics and you get 68 points. Well, you know, you get 68 baseline from the book and also in species. Mhm. Mm uh that can change depending on what you're playing, but as far as I could see from the few things we've looked at, it just looks like 68. Mhm. Mm uh, the stats are agility, agility, because the thing is they're usually paired. It's like there there are basically four stats, each one of them divided into two stats you need to put points into. Uh, agility and dexterity, endurance and strength, intellect and mind, and confidence and charisma. Yep. Now there's a couple of substats as well. You have to calculate your movement speed rate and your toughness. Ooh, that tough. Uh, and then that will generate... Toughness is the one that I think you take damage on, or there's a damage track. And then there's also a life point system. And life point is not hit points. No, it is Do not. Do not worry about that. No, I was very worried about that. I'm glad you were able to, here to reassure me. Uh, life points are instead the way that uh, other games would have brownie points or uh, like merit points or any sort of point system where you spend something to get whatever. Mm -hmm. You can do it to either... This game is a card system, and you can use it on the card system. You can use it to uh, roll some extra dice when you're rolling to see if you succeed. Uh, yeah, the species book, notably, because we we had to go back and take some second looks at the old master book book that we have. Uh, once reading upon reading the species RPG as well, or the add-on uh, species notably does not mention the card system at all. No, I mean honestly, neither did Tales from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. The card system in this is so weird. It's like a, it's like a, a list of ideas for the DM. A lot of the cards are things like a surprise event occurs and stuff like that. Well, like the map. Well, I'll get into that. We'll just do a quick 
rundown of what the actual game is. Sure, just for folks at home who are interested. So, but just so, while you do that, John, I'm going to take a sip of the worst cider. The yeah. world's worst, cheapest cider. The world's the most $1 of hard ciders I could find. Indeed. It tastes like if someone threw an Apple air freshener into some diesel fuel. <laughs> it's so bad. Mm-hmm. So, the Masterbook system has uh, skill ratings that go with ads, they are called, instead of ranks. And it also has specializations that you can do. The way it works is you take whatever the stat is for your specific skill. Mm -hmm. You add your ranks in whatever skill you have. And if it's the specialization, then you add the specialization into. Mm -hmm. You roll 2d10. There is then a chart you have to look at because Mm -hmm. Masterbook didn't want to make it easy on you. The 2d10 chart will give you a range from, I think... Normally, minus five to like plus five. Yes. But you can go above that because if you are trained in a skill, mm-hmm. then tens explode. Yeah, and they can continue to explode as well, so it can be possible to get really high up there. Yeah. Uh, at that point, you could be like, oh, I've got like a plus 12 to whatever I'm doing, mm-hmm. which isn't super necessary most of the time. I mean, as a baseline character, most of the things you're going to do are averaging out to be about an 11 with a plus or minus on it. Yeah. And your general difficulty is about 10. Yeah, yeah. So usually it has a pretty decent range for you should be able to succeed. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to do something that's like, what is this? Oh, it's an impossible task and it takes like a... 23 and there's no way you could usually get this it's because you have to roll a shitload of tens yes oh boy john that that big tall drink of cider i just had was that stuff's so vivid i can Ooh, almost that's a tall drink of cider you got there <laughs> i can i can almost taste the partially dissected cow eyeball that would normally be suspended in it Ooh, that definitely tastes like mostly corn <laughs> yeah, it's apple style corn fluid <laughs> and it can be yours for the low low price of a dollar nice thank you <laughs> Uh, now, the weird thing with this is you get <sighs> skill points based on your stats. So you've got your mind and your intellect. Mm-hmm. You look at those, and that'll give you two different amounts depending on what those stats are. You add those together. That's how many points you get. Yeah, you get to go spend those on skills. The skills, you can never go above three in a skill mm-hmm. or above two in a specialization to start as a starting character. That's correct, yep. Uh, and then once you have all of your skills and whatnot, you're pretty much done. But yeah, the, except for the merits and flaws of this game. The advantages and compensations is, from what I can tell, 90% of this game. Yeah, it's the only part of this thing. I mean, that's not all that different from the other, uh, you know, written in the, in the 80s and 90s kind of big box, you can use this RPG to do whatever you want systems that exist. Like, uh, GURPS is a great example. It's more or less also defined entirely by its quirk system or perk system or whatever it's called. Sorry, I haven't read a GURPS book since I was like, <laughs> four, since I was like, wait, I, mean, I am 15. GURPS, since, since today. GURPS is just skills. Mm-hmm. Like, everything in that is just skills that you put points into. See, I remember taking a whole lot of weird weaknesses, and I don't think halitosis was a skill. No. I mean, I mean it, it's got an, a merit and flaw system. But that's not, like, the most defining thing. The most defining thing is the 50 million skills yeah, that exist in That's Gurps. definitely true. Yeah. So, But this thing has tiers of advantages and disadvantages. And of a clown. Yes. Look, there's a three-tiered clown right there. 
<laughs> and it's undeproved. <laughs> oh, so much baking show. So the way that it works is instead of like most people's merits and flaw systems where it takes some points to get merits and you get points back for taking flaws, mm-hmm. it is a straight one for one. If I take a column one advantage, I have to then take a column one compensation. That is correct, yeah. So there is no, like, I trade in a whole bunch of, like, I have halitosis and a, a big eye and I stink <laughs> and I... I fart and I love butts. It sounds like he's just describing that dog from Fievel Goes West. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that dog, one big eye. That dog has the best stats you will ever see <laughs> because it has traded in all of these disadvantages for more stat points. <laughs> so you can't do that in this game, which I do think is good. It's just straight up. If you get an advantage, you get a compensation. That's all it is. If you want a super good advantage you get a super bad compensation it's fair enough i mean considering that one of the super good advantages you can get is rich it confirms my suspicion that there's definitely something wrong with with the wealthy like in this game there is oh no if you're rich there is something fucked up about you yeah at 100 percent. yeah it's probably that you have to hunt people for sport oh well there's uh i think it's like cultural inability to like blend or something and you just take like poor people yeah (laughs) I can't deal with these. How, what, sir? How much could a banana cost? <laughs> Here's $20. Go see a Star War. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. You, but, to, you, you check your ID to buy bread at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of them at the low end are pretty boring. What, that's probably my biggest problem with the advantage compensation is until you hit column three or four, all of them are just, like, the same thing, but slightly worse. Oh, yeah. And, and the worst part about this game is that so there, since there are, like, four to... I think there's, like, six total columns, but only the first three are really accessible no, to character creation. No, there's four. They're there's like, four. you could make a fifth column, but don't do that, because Nazis. But also, <laughs> don't do that, because... Well, how many estates are there? <laughs> there are four estates. Oh, that's right. Okay. And how many worlds? There are two worlds. There are three worlds. One family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have searched my heart. Ah. Oh. So the once you hit column four, it's all like superpowers and weird shit you can do anyway. So they're yeah. like, if you go to column five, you've got weird godlike things, but you'd have to have a godlike weakness as well. So it's just going to completely imbalance your game. Yeah, but a generic starting character in the Masterbook system shouldn't even have a column four. It exists that you can run like superhero games and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically column three is this is here for. Most characters will have one or two column threes, mm-hmm. and it'll be like the defining things for your characters. Whereas the column ones are all things like, I'm upper middle class, but to compensate for that, sometimes I'm a, employed. A guy wants me to work. And yeah. you're like, Yeah, that is uh that's life, buddy. <laughs> that's what I'm sure I'm glad I'm writing this all down. Good good for me. <laughs> The uh <laughs> I have to poop. And the advantage is I can poop. <laughs> The nice thing is, when you get to C3 or 4, it is stuff that's just like, what is this? Oh, wacky nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm allergic to trees or something. Yeah, that's know? a really good disadvantage to get. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Or or other ones are like, I'm a, I'm a straight up a pirate. Like, I get a bunch of bonuses for pirate stuff. Yeah, I take a skill package of pirate, and yeah. now I've got pirate things. So it's, it's a functional game, the old master book system is. And then uh, there's the card system, and the card system oh boy. weirds me the fuck out. Yeah, it, it is so weird. It's it's like a plot driving tool as well as as well as like a it's, it's, like, it's like a narrative mechanic tool in addition to being a numeric thing. 
So it's, I think in the book says there's like 110 or 115 cards. Yeah, how many of them are ultra rares? <laughs> there's there's only one ultra rare per deck. Okay, and, and is it is it foil? <laughs> no, oh, they well, couldn't afford that. I don't give a shit then. The deck has like 90 cards that are basically just modifiers that your players can do. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have a hand of cards and they'll say things like haste or uh, bright idea or something like that. And yeah. you can play them to either get like for haste, you could say I'm going to get a bonus to speed or to dodge right. or bright idea. I can get a bonus to an intellect skill or I could just ask the GM like, Hey, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing right now? Hey, what's a bright idea? What a, what would be a good idea for me to do right now? Because I don't know what you want me to do, Jerry. Give me a bone. <laughs> you have to solve these puzzles three. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> so I'm as mad as you are. You should have solved these puzzles three. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a bunch of those. And when you start the game, you mostly just get like a hand of five and you can play those randomly. Yeah. Uh, completely random. At, at random, yeah. You'll just shuffle them up, and during the game, a timer will go off, and you'll flip a card. Yeah, there's a mouse in a tea kettle, and he pops up. <laughs> change places, everyone. Change places and play a card. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. It's probably this nasty alcohol style corn fluid. Yeah, it's probably because you're all fucked up on corn fluid. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, uh, you'll do those, but some of them are red cards, and those are subplot cards. Mm-hmm. And so if you draw that in the initial drawing, you can either put that in front of you, and it'll be like, a stranger is perceiving you. And so at some point, like, a stranger is going to show up and be like, I've been watching you. And either... On the toilet. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, either they'll be like, I'm here to help, or go, you're doing this all wrong, and I'm here to take this away from you. No one poops side saddle. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to throw this out there. I've pooped side saddle before. <laughs> was it was it due to necessity? It was done because there was too much shit in front of uh-huh. the toilet, so I had to kind of sit side saddle on it. <laughs> not good. It's not comfortable. It's not a great experience. I would not recommend it. It turns out that regular style is what the toilet seat is designed for. Turns out that's what they made it for. Poops side saddle. <laughs> uh... But, yeah, you can get a whole bunch of subplot things, and either you can put them in front of you and go like, yes, I will do this subplot thing and then draw another card to replace it, Mm -hmm. or you can say, no, fuck you, get rid of it, and it just gives you an extra life point. Oh, that's pretty smart. Because, I mean, also I bet the DM could probably you know bargain with you to take the extra life point. He's like, I don't have a stranger NPC right now. That's not part of what I was doing. So just take the life point. The problem is if it comes up and they're like, I'll take it, and the GM's like, I don't have anything for that. Yeah. There isn't a rule in the book that says, like, the GM just gives you a life point. At that point, he's got to go, uh, somebody comes out of the shadows and goes, ooh, I've been looking at you, buddy, and you're a big dumb idiot. Bye. And then he runs away. <laughs> Yet another guy with poop critiques. <laughs> thanks, G- thanks, DM. Ah, uh, poop critiques. <laughs> he's holding <laughs> Dollair's poop critiques. <laughs> I don't know why I went to Dollair. I don't know either. The only things I've ever read by Dollair is are the books of Greek and Norse myths. Yeah. So I'm very good. Con- poop myths. <laughs> These poop myths. The poop myths. <laughs> and then Dionysus pooped an amazing amount of wine. <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> Magni, the god of strength, could not lift this great poop. 
for even he <laughs> could not the, lift a poop so the, mighty. This was the poop that encircled the world. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, the actual species book. Are we there yet? Uh, I mean, there are a couple other goofy things that can come out of the deck. Please tell me more. Uh, there's all. Like, does it have a car? I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'm done. No, you won't. No, uh, you're right. <laughs> I know better than that. The audience knows better than that. Hey, this might be someone's first episode, in which in which case they turned it off several minutes ago. Oh, definitely. I mean, if not, then they turned it off during the poop spiel, which let me tell you about my poop spiel. Is that a German word for an emotion? That is uh, the normal German traditional holiday treat, mm-hmm. the poop spiel. <laughs> Spiel. Oh, this just makes me want that Athreos card from Magic the Gathering even more. <laughs> you guys, you guys have all heard of Athreos, God of Passage, from way back in the day in Magic cards. Did you know that his name in German is Athreos Gott der Überfahrt? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there was a point in, I want to say, freshman year of Spanish mm-hmm. that our teacher mostly knew German, mm-hmm. which, great. This is a great school for learning things. Good story, too. Let's but, do this. It was one of those things where he's like, oh, and, you know, in German, you got to be careful because the students, if you put up fart, they can't laugh at it. I'm like, wait a minute, fart's something in German? Great. Now I'm interested. And then I just got into, like, finding out what weird words in German were. I actually don't know what it means. Uber fart means passage, apparently. But... Uh, travel. Oh, okay. Or, so, all like, right. road or something. All right. So Uber fart is, like, because he's the god of it, then. Yeah, it's the, like, Rheinfart is a travel along the Rhine River. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, All right. so travel. Yeah, so he's the best at travel, because he's the uber fart. Yeah. All right. The the sh- I mean, shouldn't it be unterfart? Because uber fart would be over passage, and under passage is what I think passageway to the underworld. I don't know. Maybe he deals with people who go up to the good underworld. The, the good overworld. underworld is up. Yeah, that's that's just standard semiotic shorthand. Well. Everyone knows that heaven is up. Everybody knows. This is going to be one of those episodes where we're going to get a bunch of emails mad at us for not reviewing you the game enough. You didn't talk about Species, the book enough. <laughs> Let me tell you, buddy. <laughs> I'm desperately interested because I might try to buy that. Yeah, go ahead. You try. <laughs> you try and run this. Just you Just try and it. find it. I was looking for a second copy because we were kind of in a hurry. Uh, no go. Nope, no good. It's a no deal. Yeah, and uh, now instead we have a whole bunch of people breathing down our neck to get our hands on that Lawnmower Man RPG because of that foldable humans guy. Man, I've wanted that book I know. for years. It costs about $80. I know, One of these which days, is why I haven't gotten it. Yeah, exactly. We'll get it at some point, but he's not going to send it to us, so we don't need to keep tweeting at him. That dude's like 50 times bigger than us. Yeah, he'd crush us. Yeah. He would walk through our town, a giant. He's got a heart so big it would crush this, this town. town. <laughs> also, you could park a taxi in it. <laughs> and have. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, what else is there? Uh, what else? Anyway, yeah. yeah so yeah. there's there's card systems to this, and it's just so you can have a little more like uh, knowledge about how your role is going to go, since you can get between like normally the negative five plus five. That way you can be like, oh, I fucked up and rolled like, a negative four, okay, I'll use this card and give myself a plus three. Yeah, to kind of get out of my bad situation and pass through the thing. Yeah. So, you know, I honestly, I kind of like the idea of the card game, uh, mecha- or the card deck mechanic built into the game. It's weird, though, because it's just printed in the book as, like, grids of cards. You're supposed to copy those pages and print out and well, affix to cardboard. If you bought the master book 
uh, box set. Ah. It came with the cards. So those cards and do exist in the world. And of course, you can always contact West End Games for, to buy a separate deck of cards. Oh, we should try that. See how they're doing these days. Hey, West End Games, can I get a I, Master Book card deck? I genuinely don't know if West End Games is still going. I could not tell you either. Yeah, because every game I can think of that's West End is either completely dead and gone, like this one, or someone else has that license now, like Star Wars. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't care. I do know that West End Games is active at the moment because it's 1995. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, that, that's right the con- now. That's the conceit of the... Yeah, it's 1995 as we speak. Yeah, and we've quantum leaped into our old bodies. Oh, damn I'm going to go ahead and say that as well. I, I, I'm just going to stay in this one forever then because I fucked up the, the other one. <laughs> Oops, I fucked up. It's fine. This one's already fucked up. All I right. don't care. Let's, let's eat a shit ton of pizza. <laughs> I am a way ahead of you. <laughs> 12-year-old me is a way ahead of you on that. <laughs> Well, I, this is 15-year-old me, so I'm sorry we can't be friends because we're not at the point yet where we're old enough that it's socially acceptable. Right now, if anyone saw me hanging around with a 12-year-old gay kid, they'd be like, no. No. No, don't. Especially because of all those diseases you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like pizza eating. <laughs> I had pizza. Man, you. It, it's 1995. I'm going to go get a Little Caesars Bigfoot. Ooh. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn in my book reading club thing to pizza hut and get the world's shittiest personal pan pizza oh yeah i'd rather eat the pan (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'll just eat the cardboard this came in thank you also the ninja turtle sticker if you please (laughs) i intend to eat it because it's better than pizza hut (laughs) also all these books i bought i intend to eat those (laughs) they're i'm gonna boil them for their delicious glue lest i'm forced to eat the sponge dough that is a pizza hut pizza <laughs> it's just like a sponge with Chef Boyardee poured all over it. Somebody greased up a sponge real bad, dipped it in ragu, and slapped a thing of Velveeta on it and went, here you go, you, <laughs> you read, shit. You read some books. Good job. What did you read? And I was like, War of the Worlds. And they're like, well, here you go. The world's shittiest pizza. Thanks. I wish aliens would kill me. <laughs> Let me tell you what I read, John. The world of species. Hey, bringing her back around. What a great segue, which is still a word that means transition from one topic to another and not pointless scooter thing for tourists. Oh, pointless scooter thing. Right now, that's just scooter oh, from mean, Muppet Babies. Oh, I thought you were going to say scooter of the techno band that was around in 1995, I'm pretty oh, sure. No. Oh, goodness, no. Oh, 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 gosh. Oh, oh, goodness. Chili bowl. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh... The world of species basically purports a lot of things that I would not have expected based on the movie species. Yeah. So the movie species Mm -hmm. is scientists fuck up and make a weird alien human hybrid and it wants to breed and murder people. Mm -hmm. They hunt it down and kill it. Mm -hmm. Great. This book is like, well... For some reason, we decided to get this. Now, Species came out in 1995. This book came out in 1995, which makes me feel like they must have gotten this license like sight unseen. Oh, yeah. They just saw the trailer and went, uh, license, please. <laughs> you say H.R. Giger's attached? Oh, my goodness. Look at this cast. Why, of course, this is going to be a blockbuster success. We need to get on the ground floor before anyone else gets this. Yeah. Ooh, look at the like the look at the credits list just for the people who worked on the fuck train. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, also by the way, we mean that literally in a dream sequence in this movie. There is a Geiger fuck train that exists in this. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and it chases Syl around like she was Sabine. 
<laughs> Except she doesn't suplex it. She doesn't it. suplex it. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, here's the things that have changed in this world, of the world of species as, compo- as compared to the movie species. Uh, there's still what they call just the agency, which is the government agency responsible for taking the secret alien-coded message that arrives at Arecibo, uh, converting it into a DNA sequence, and then implanting that DNA sequence into a human embryo, uh, which then grows up super fast into an alien killing machine that looks like Michelle Williams. And then, like Natasha Henstridge. Yeah, in rapid succession. Indeed. And then, like, a series of gross monsters. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and everything from the movie actually happens the way it happened, uh, right down to the point where this book has to include psychics as a playable character class, because the movie stars a, a psychic Forrest Whitaker, which yeah. is not remarked upon especially heavily by everyone else in the film. Everyone pretty much gets on board right away. Mm-hmm. Now... I mean, I can understand Michael Madsen's character is like, I'm a government killer. And he might have high enough clearance level that he's like, oh, yeah, I know psychics exist. Like, I've probably been sent on a mission with a psychic before. Who knows? But the other two is like, I'm a professor of anthropology. And I'm a, like, scientist of biology. Mm -hmm. And the two of them are just like, oh, you're an empath? Cool. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And you're like. Whoa, whoa, hold on. I would have questions. It's the one thing that's different about the uh, the universe of species besides the aliens running around is that uh, the, also psychics exist, and it, and it largely goes unremarked upon by the populace. And basically no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, when we first meet Forrest Whitaker in this, he's in some uh, psychiatric office just talking to someone about, like, you know, it's hard because really it's just I feel more than other people, and is that so wrong? Oh, by the way, someone's at your door. And then, like, someone knocks. Mm -hmm. And it's not like the therapist goes, holy shit, you are psychic. She's just like, yes, indeed. (laughs) They can come back later. But anyway, uh, so psychics exist and are a playable character type. Uh, The big difference is that the agency exists long after Syl is killed and her kids, her her two human hybrid children get loose and run around. because the the agency is largely responsible for stopping them now. They're trying to still trying to keep the secret that they exist at all, but they're also coming up with their own ways of stopping these species aliens from taking over the world. Yeah, what this book presupposes is that uh, the main alien hybrid and possibly also her kid survived and continue to breed outside of this. Now we watch her face explode in the film. Oh, of course, her head erupts. Yeah, but. Maybe she regenerates. Who knows? Maybe she's just indestructible, in which case this is probably all just a pointless exercise. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, the way that the agency deals with these aliens is, of course, to uh, create, uh, unlike the movie, which is to recruit a bunch of college professors and send them into a sewer and just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. What did we do? Well, we took three scientists, an actual guy who's professional at murdering things, and a shy psychic and shoved him out into the world and said, go get him, guys. Let's just see what happens. Hey, you stuffy college types, you're used to legwork, aren't you? Alfred Molina, go out there and stop a killer. This just makes me hungry to see a movie where Alfred Molina plays Mustrum Ridcully. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. 1,000%. Yeah, right? I'm not wrong, huh? It's the best thing ever. No, Alfred Molina as Mustrum Ridcully is... Great. Yeah. I, I can't even think of the rest of their names, so I don't want to keep casting. I mean... I mean, the bursar and you so... you got the bursar and the librarian and yeah, but that's, that's an easy one other... To, I mean, the, the librarian's an easy one to cast, right? No, oh, yeah. I mean, he's an orangutan. There's not much you could do with him. Yeah. It's Andy Serkis. <laughs> no makeup, no CGI. 
Andy Circus. No motion capture except for what is done by a video camera. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. So uh, sorry about this. Sorry about all these distractions. The big difference is that the agency has responded to the problem that there are too many aliens running around by making more of them and sending them out to catch the first ones. Oh, yeah. This is a real, like, swallowed a dog to get the cat situation here. Yeah, so here's what's happening. The The agency realized that Syl is basically half an alien. She's got about 50% alien DNA in her. Well, yeah, they took the weird message that was like, here's alien strands of DNA, mm-hmm. here's how you mix it with human, and went, great, we'll just do that fully. Right, so they made basically a, as much an alien as they could out of one human ovum. So about 50% alien. Yeah. And that's Syl, which is Nistra- Natasha Hensrich's character in that movie. Uh, you probably don't remember that, because this movie came out, what, 25 years ago? Um, or this year, or if we're this still v- doing this dumb bit. This very, this very year, it came out this year. So of course you know who Sill is. She's on the side of every Carl's Junior Big Gulp cup. <laughs> Carl's Junior doesn't have big gulps. They did in 1995. Big gulps. Point of order. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, in 1995, I was a Hardee's man. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was a Rallies man, not a Checkers man. Mostly ate at the check. God, I I almost ate at Rallies today. Ooh. I did not, so it's not that exciting to hear about. I'm sorry. Folks, this is the story about how I almost but did not eat at a restaurant. Guys, I almost ate somewhere today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, pushing forward. The, the, their, their solution is, well, okay, maybe half alien is too much alien. Let's try making quarter alien, and then also eighth alien, and then also one-sixteenth alien, and let's see if they can get admitted to colleges. <laughs> yeah, the... The way that it goes through here is they're like, oh, but what we can do is instead of doing it into just like a human egg and growing a child, because one of their things was like, oh, well, because she had basically two months to grow up, obviously she doesn't understand human morality or how to get along with people because... She didn't grow up with people. Yeah, so they were open like, a lab. We'll grow them a little less alien, and we'll try socializing them. Well, it's we'll just put it into people that are already adults. Yeah. So yeah. it's like here's some eighteen year old like fresh face boot, and whoop, there you go. Now you're part alien. Mm-hmm. So that's this what... ought to work. There's no eighteen year old sort of I don't know hormonal issues that might make this an issue. <laughs> I can't think of any 18-year-olds receiving hot injections that I Googled recently. So, uh, okay. Um, yeah, right? I'm great. Okay, good. So that's one of the things you can play as. Technically, it's four of the things you can play as. Oh, sorry, three. Because there are four varieties of alien, uh, half-alien uh, agents. There's betas, gammas, and deltas. Oh, well, there's the, alphas. There's alphas, but you can't play as alphas. They're two alien. Oh, you can play as alphas. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Al- I think alphas are like one-eighth alien, or one-quarter alien, and half-alien isn't even alpha. It's just sill-level super. It's progeny. It's progeny, yeah. Yeah, and the book does allow you to play as aliens if you want yeah. to, and it has a straight-up weird, like, vampire the masquerade level generation rule to it so Mm -hmm. that if you're a first generation progeny then you're like someone that was directly born from sill and then you can go down to all the way through like sixth generation yeah and once you hit past sixth then you're not even really anything like you can't shapeshift you can't do anything you're basically just Someone that has alien genes. Yeah, like you, you occasionally have trouble understanding your fellow man or something, That's and that's it. Yeah. So, okay, you can play as the aliens themselves, like Syl's kids. 
You can play as the agents who are hunting them that have some alien DNA in them. Uh, you can play as psychics who are there to help, or just humans who are hunting the aliens. Yeah, you can just play as a regular old dude if you want to. Yeah, you to. can play as a regular, degular Michael Madsen. You could. Yeah. No one can stop you. Uh... So the, th- those are basically just skill packages and compensations you choose from. The the meat of this book... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There's at least one more thing I should really mention that, that veers wildly off the mythos of the actual species movie. Yes. Uh, little green men exist. Like, there's actually just regular, non-connected-to-species aliens. Like, this like book grays. had a few things that it did that way. Because it has an entire alien, like, group that's like, ooh... We sent this message because we're trying to test if humanity is ready to join like alien kind and be considered sentient or if we're going to wipe them out as vermin before they can get to the stars. And so it's got this whole subplot about like, oh, part of the committee has already decided that humanity should die. And so they're going to be here and they'll try to hinder the agents but there's another subsect that wants to save humanity and maybe they'll help. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And it's it's not very well fleshed out, but it's like, what's going on exactly? Oh, okay. In addition to the H.R. Giger monsters that are, you know, fucking their way across the land and sea as fast as they can with their various multi-penises, uh, nipple tentacles. With them, them titty, titty, uh, titty tentacles. T- yeah, titty tentacles. There's also just like the Roswell style big head eye slit aliens. Yeah. And also one of the because <laughs> it gives a list of uh antagonists outside of you know trying to hunt down your various species things mm-hmm. is ooh like the FBI and CIA don't like you because you're the agency and they don't like you for some reason because they think your project is bad, which it, it very clearly is. Yeah, it's super bad, and it doesn't make any fucking sense, and Ben Kingsley should have been fired a long time ago. But in addition to that, it also has the Russians, mm-hmm. which did not get mentioned at all during the movie. No. They're just like, oh yeah, the Russians, and maybe they want alien tech or something. And I'm like, what? Also, there was that weird Project Veritas-style wildfire project people who were like, we're survivalists who know that something crazy is going on. Oh, yeah. It was hippies who were up in the mountains who got alien abducted or at least like third kind encountered. Mm-hmm. And they know that aliens exist, but they realize the government is covering it up. And so now they're like a weird survivalist cult yeah. that is anti-alien, which you'd think would help you guys. Because you're like, hey, uh, we got to kill this half alien that's trying to murder everyone. And they'd be like, yeah, we know. Yeah. But instead, they're listed as an antagonist. It's it's almost like this movie was hard to adapt into a role-playing game because it's basically just a, a sexy, topless lady, like, hot tub murdering her way across the rich part of Los Angeles. Yeah, this is the most like, high-end blockbuster Skinamax movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Because that's all this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got so many famous people in it, and yet it's basically just sort of, you know, Natasha Henstridge finds a bunch of floppy-haired 90s rich L.A. dirtbags. True. Uh, and then it's like, hello, would you like to engage in intercourse? And then th- this is the thing that I found the most unbelievable about the movie is the movie's, you know, about an, an hour and 45 minutes long. It features Natasha Henstridge, not very well dressed, wandering, or by which I mean she's not wearing a lot of clothes, wandering Los Angeles willingly looking to fuck anyone she thinks is doesn't have any major diseases and she 
only gets laid at the very end. It takes her a long time to seal this deal. Yeah. It, I mean, at least the first time you're like, oh, she doesn't realize. Like, she's still very mm-hmm. naive about the world and how things work. So she has to kind of take her clues from those around her. And then she follows, you know, goes home with that guy and kills him when she finds out he has diabetes yeah. and is a rapist. Well, great, granted, luckily for her that when she finally settles down in Los Angeles after having escaped Utah, her first thought is like, okay, well, I should turn on a TV so I can learn about the world. And the TV is like, there was recently a major earthquake. That'll be relevant at the end of the film. Here's about 15 seconds of pornography. Oh, her entire film clip TV watching is just three different checkoff guns. Uh-huh. It's what happens? Flip it on. There was a major earthquake that opened up passages. Click. Ha, ah, you can dye your hair. Click. Ah, sex. And we're done here. <laughs> Those are three plot points. Thank you, TV. I kind of wish we had just seen other things from 1995 television on that. Like she turned on and it was just like Batman the animated series. <laughs> That would be amazing if then she, like, <laughs> goes out and starts, like, gargoyle posing around Los Angeles. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, man. Also, I think Disney's Gargoyles was on in 1995. Oh, so, yeah, and she can yeah. just gargoyle pose around with that. Hmm, I should name myself after a famous Los Angeles landmark. Uh, uh, I'll be... I'm the La Brea Tar Pits. <laughs> well, you'd just be La Brea. Oh, I guess that's true. I could just be La Brea. Yeah. Although La Brea is not really a neighborhood that anyone gives a shit about. <laughs> I mean, she'd I pretty mean, much be Miracle Mile. Well, you could be like Mulholland. Yeah, that's fine. That, that's, I, a, that's a good thing. Yeah. You could be like City of Industry. <laughs> Wait, are we, pitch, are we pitching the Los Angeles Gargoyles right now? I am 100% pitching the Los Angeles Gargoyles. Now pitching for the Los Angeles Gargoyles. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I'm into this. <laughs> we'll have a studio row. It's like the dog one. Yeah. <laughs> the dog one. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you'd have like... Beverly, oh, this, you have yeah. Beverly Hills. Yeah, I guess you could you also have, have like Hollywood, a, a Santa Monica. Yeah, or, 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 or in West it would Hollywood. Be mostly female at this point. I feel like because Hollywood, Santa Monica, Beverly, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is the lady. Yeah, it's Distaff. You've got one male one. Yeah, uh, Mulholland probably. And or I, I, honestly, West Hollywood is definitely a guy. Well, obviously. I mean, let's let's be realistic. WeHo, yeah, as he's known. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, this is some pretty specific humor to people who... Very know- specific Los Angeles humor. And we don't even live in Los Angeles, so we have no business. Right? No business at all. None! Uh, okay, o- the San Diego Gargoyles. One of them is named Lemon Grove. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be mostly, it's going to be Lemon Grove, a bunch of like Mexican named Gargoyles, and You're then gonna- also Claremont, who's like the effete French one. Yeah, you have Claremont, Lemon Grove... El Cajon. <laughs> Uh, University Heights. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is some funny this stuff. This is what people wanted. Out of I this nine San you. Diego listeners, how you doing? Hey guys, we did jokes for you and whatever LA listeners, some jokes for you. Yeah, that that <laughs> measures in the dozens now. Oh, there are dozens of us, sir. Dozens. Okay. Uh, so the only real other thing that's in this book. So if you're wondering why we're you know goofing about so much it's because the only thing in this book that's really rules for how to play the book are the stat packages for these agents yeah and then the new compensations and advantages and disadvantages so all the various things have instead of like in the book you would normally pick like oh as a person i get three column ones and two column twos and a column three in this one yeah it gives you like oh this is how many column ones twos threes and fours you have but you have to spend them on these, and you have like 
two at, to use for your discretion. Mm-hmm. So most of them are just very strict advantage-disadvantage packages. Yeah. But that is generally tied up in the shape-shifting of this game, which is the big thing for this. Yes, because for some reason, the author of this book really thought that shape-shifting was the core function of the uh, the species film. That was the takeaway, and it's weird because he's like, oh yeah, she has a worm form and a and a shark form and like a dog form. Like, no, she doesn't. She has one form. She turns into her alien form, and that's it. And her alien form is basically just a Giger porn. No, it's just a, a standard Giger lady, yeah. which is, I've got weird kind of tentacle hair, I look Back robo uh, yeah. lady, and I've got like some weird like lines all over me. Some fire engine red nipples, too. Like, just real. Given the rest of her turns right. dark green. Then her nipples turn into these fire engine red things that look like a child's toy. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's oh, mostly because they open up and shoot tentacles. Mostly. Yeah. But yeah, she also has some funky horns and nonsense. But yeah, the book's like, oh, she has unlimited shape-shifting, and the chunks that fall off of her also have unlimited shape-shifting. They, she can turn into whatever she wants, these weird animals. And I'm like, that's not true at all. I, I think maybe when they didn't really get to see the movie outside of like some advanced screening of clips or something. Although the the book has full-on screenshots from the film in it. Yeah. A variety. In, in color. There's a whole section that's in the middle of this book that's just the color section, like the glossy print. Although, honestly, given the amount of shots that are all like three of them from the same scene, mm-hmm. I feel like this might have just been pulled from the trailer. Like the trailer. <laughs> like it wasn't, oh, we got the movie and we did this. It was we literally what I said. We saw the trailer, asked for the rights, mm-hmm. didn't know what the fuck to do after we saw the movie, and went, fuck it, and released, just made this. Just release it anyway. Because like all the forms that she mentions are in the movie. Uh, it's just that they aren't, you know, sill. Like, there's a point where she turns into a cocoon, which is described in the, by this guy as the burrowing blob form. Uh, there's a point where she, uh, where, where the uh, the scientists attempt to recreate a 100% alien alien, and I think that's supposed to be the mobile the worm? worm with four tentacles form. Yeah. But it's got nothing to do with her. No. It's a lot of weird, dumb shit that they were just like, eh, fuck it. Eh, whatever. Push forward. So that means that most of these agents you can play as, your gamma, beta, and delta agents... Uh, in alphas are their big thing is they get packages that let them turn into an amount of real animals if you're an alpha agent you can turn into six different kinds of animal yeah all the way down to like gamma which can pick one Uh uh-huh like i can turn into a dog yeah (laughs) well it's delta but yeah gamma can do two oh yeah that's right it's alpha beta gamma delta yeah yeah epsilon can't turn into anything but you can still make one Eh. it doesn't have any powers it's not an alien i don't have any powers (laughs) krillin uh, that's how you make a krillin. That's how you make a krillin. In addition to that, there's one more option, which is the mule, which oh, yeah. is a human that when they tried to insert the alien DNA into, uh, about 70% are able to actually survive it, and 25% just sort of die, mm-hmm. and the other 5% live through it but don't get any alien powers, but they are super jacked. Yeah, so they they're get, like, they oh, I've got up. super strength and dexterity and whatnot. So instead of having uh, the ability to like shapeshift or anything, they're just 
like Captain America's. Yeah, basically they get all beefy and gross and hairless and greasy, and then like they get a bunch of weird tattoos and and their 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 skin they gets all bike down a mountain. Yeah, their and, skin gets all dirt. Skin gets all dolphiny, and next thing you know, they suddenly hide in plain sight by appearing in the film Boiler Room. <laughs> next thing you know, they're in the movie Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're, I think we're on the same path here. Next thing you know, <laughs> they're just Vin's Diesel. Next thing you know, they're family. <laughs> family. Yeah, okay, so um, like I was saying, yeah, mules are basically just sterile uh, super, pu- super punch humans who don't have any shape-shifting. The agents are all basically manimals. And the agency's bright idea for how to control these people, because even though they were still human, like, basically adults when they got uh, all this alien DNA in them, they still suffer from having the more DNA in them, the more they, like, succumb to their instincts. Yes. So in order to make it so that they don't have a situation where, like, some alpha decides fuck this and runs away and just turns into a new thing they have to hunt down, Mm -hmm. they have to get an injection monthly of a chemical that if they don't have it, they die. Yeah, so they all have a chemical dependency. Uh, Also, they use lysine protein to make sure that they're all female. (laughs) They're more docile and easily controlled. <laughs> oh, but I believe you'll find that uh, life uh, uh, finds a way. <laughs> uh, hey, it's 1995. Those jokes count. Hey, they that, count. That movie came out either this year or last year. I forget. Uh, 1993, maybe? I want to say 93. Yeah, okay. Anyway, it's still the new hotness. It's the newest hotness. Yeah. that's and what... I believe we'll remain that way for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll ever make a stupid, terrible one. Nope. <laughs> Why, I hear they want to make another one, and that sounds amazing. I can't wait. I bet it'll be great. They're getting Jeff Goldblum back. Oh. How could it go wrong? <laughs> I hear he plays a dad in it. <laughs> okay, so uh, anyway, um, Jesus. The, one of the things I really want to talk about with shapeshifting in this book is that shapeshifting is apparently their big bright idea for how they're going to catch these evil aliens. Yeah. Uh, but shapeshifting in this book is laughably terrible. Unless you're actually one of the evil aliens, like if you're still or her progeny. If you're if you're an agent with shapeshifting and you turn into something that's roughly the same size or slightly bigger than you, like if you're like, oh yeah, I can shapeshift into a bear, which makes me a great combat guy in close combat with this alien monster, then it's like, okay, but bears weigh several hundred pounds more than you do, so you have to eat that much food, and then you can turn into a bear. Yeah. And it takes hours. Because for some reason, their big takeaway from this is the scene when Michelle Williams eats a whole bunch, cocoons herself, and turns into Natasha Henstridge is, oh, well, that's what you have to do no matter what. Yeah. And it's like, but she didn't, when she turned into the alien version of herself, she didn't have to eat anything. She just, all right, you know what? Fuck it. Whatever. You don't have any idea what you're doing because you watch Species and panicked because there's no way to turn that into an RPG. Now, if you're uh if your animal form is smaller than you, don't worry, the book says. Your character has special pouches to contain the reserve calories, the extra calories generated from when you get, uh, get really small. I have reserve pouches of calories, too. I call them Skittles. <laughs> I got these reserve pouches of calories. It's called love handles. <laughs> so, I, I mean... It's so weird that they decided to suddenly invoke the square cube law and like and like the law of conservation of mass and shit when they were like, these alien shapeshifters are the ultimate combat tools because in just an hour, they can turn into a bear. And you're like, yeah, but you could also just have a guy with a gun. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you watch the movie, a guy with a gun straight fucks them up, so. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, the only reason that shapeshifting would matter to them 
is to hide from people tracking them down. Yeah. So if I shapeshift to find them, how does that help me? Yeah, and what are you going to do? Are you going to fight them? I mean, they're cool alien animals. You are an ordinary bear. Yeah. Maybe you're smarter than the average bear. Well, I don't. You're definitely I... smarter than the average bear. Yeah. Because you're still you. Yeah. But unfortunately, you, have, you spent so much time devouring those picnic baskets to turn into a bear that the alien got far away. Yeah. Or and, murdered you. And now you're being hunted down yourself hmm? by a ranger. <laughs> ranger Yogi. Ranger... Ranger Rick. It's, that's a magazine. I know. It's Ranger Brown or something? I forget. Someone tell me the name of the ranger, please. From Jellystone, it's Ranger Burgers. Ranger Burgers. Yep, that's him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Got it in one, John. <laughs> um, uh. So the, advan- the compensations and, and uh, advantages that are present in this book are extremely boring because every single one of them is just four values. It'll be like uh, Alien Outlook 1, uh, Alien Outlook 2, Alien Outlook 3. And Alien Outlook 4. But uh, the other thing that was interesting was that each one of these shape-shifting groups that you take when you take the uh, the the packages that are associated with these these agents, you have to choose a weakness, and the weakness is just a list of disadvantages, and the disadvantages listed are often like, well, you can choose from ability loss 1, ability loss 2, or ability loss 3. And what's the difference between those? Oh, ability loss 3 is the worst of the three of them. Well, it's because... One's a column one, yeah. one's a column two, and one's a column three. I guess if you have to choose a specific number of disadvantages from each one of the columns, then that does make sense. Yeah. The other thing is you get to choose a special power, and it's always like, what, what powers can I choose from? Oh, you can be omnivorous, or you can have flight, or if you want, glide. And it's like, wait, does one of them give me more of an advantage? Nope. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there are just things in there where it's like, here's tough. All right. What's this? Uh, hard armor scales. All right, hard armor scales is just better. Yes, it is. Do I need to transform for this? No. Is there a reason to take tough? No. Yeah, I think the funniest one to me is omnivorous. Although it's the, officially the advantage is called omnivorousness. Well, and it's you can gain nutrients from, it says anything, which means you could even get nutrients from like, I don't know, eating a microphone or a Pizza Hut pizza. So we're talking that's actually that you're matter eater lad. Yeah. That's that's different. I, I saw omnivorous as what it normally means, which is that you eat animals and plants. No. And I was like, well, fucking great. Okay. No, it just says you can get nutrition from whatever, so fuck it, I'm going to eat a tin can. <laughs> so you have goat powers. <laughs> yeah, I am the goat. That's my transformation. Mm-hmm. I turn into a goat, mm-hmm. and, and then the, and I can the, eat anything. You'd love being a goat, John, because they can faint and fall asleep very easily. <laughs> I mean, you have to be a fainting goat. Well, I'd have to be a fainting goat at that point. Yeah. I mean, which jo- real answer here, John. Real talk for me. Real talk. Yeah, don't, no lies. This is straight up man This is the man. straight talk express I, I just want, here. I want the real straight dope from you right now. Fainting goat or screaming goat? That I would turn into or mm-hmm. that I prefer? That, that if you had to turn into one. <laughs> like. If you were a lycanthrope that turned into either a fainting goat or a screaming goat, which one would you choose? Well, I would choose a screaming goat. However, as far as preferences go, I prefer fainting goats. Okay, very good. There you are. So you choose to be a straight a screaming goat. Yeah. Is that so you can pull off cool scares on people and stuff or Oh yeah. Yeah. Ah! And so I can be Taylor Swift's backup singer. <laughs> uh, uh nice. Funny. Okay. Uh, jokes. So many jokes. All right, John. You want to get into the uh the end the end game, project end game. Yeah, I was trying to think if there was anything else in here and I don't I don't remember. I mean there's the there. list of psychic powers and oh. there's at least one fun quirk in there, which is that their list of psychic powers is presented as if they're all skills, which means they all have like the uh you know, the the uh, attribute that they're connected to. And notably the can this be used untrained or not. Well yeah, the the way Masterbook does most weird things is 
you get a column three or four thing, and then it unlocks the ability to use it as a skill. So, like, if you wanted to be like a Tony Stark or something, then you would take the super science advantage, mm-hmm. and then you would have skill points in super science. Yes. So psychic powers are, all, I mean, they all have the can this be used on trained option because that's just the template for skills. I mean, of course, they're all psychic powers that none of them should be able to be used untrained. You shouldn't be able to just try one. Yeah, I can't just be like, maybe I will be telepathic. Yeah, let's just, let's just, let's just. But because they use the templating, there was a reasonable chance that they'd fuck up, and indeed they did. One of the psychic skills, uh, psychometry, can for some reason just be used by everyone on Earth. Yeah, it is one where they fucked up, said, can be used on train, and you're like, oh, I guess people just haven't realized they can try this. I mean, most people aren't very good at it, but they have a reasonable shot of reading the uh, the past life of objects that they touch. Yeah. Sure, why not? Listen, folks, most of you are psychometric. Go out and touch things you see. Go out and touch stuff. Yeah, just get out there. Get get deep into it. Dig in there. Yeah, dig your fingers into stuff and see what see what images you get. <laughs> Put your hand into one of those barrels full of beans at Whole Foods. Ooh. Just dig it around. In yeah, there. get your ungloved hand into a barrel of beans. Make sure a kid's watching. Ooh, and then when he like gasps and runs off, laugh. Yeah. And then throw a bean in his head. <laughs> the dumb turd. Where are we going? John, what's the best thing about this book? Okay. Either book, honestly. I was going to say, if I'm narrowing it down to species mm-hmm. instead of master book, then the best thing in this book to me is honestly the wild flailing to try and find a plot that they could make an RPG out of. <laughs> That's so true. It's great. The things, that, the spaghetti at the walls in this thing. Yeah. I mean, they had so little to work with, and they were like, you know what? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. We are going to go balls to the wall. And the entire idea of being like, yeah, sure, fuck it. You've got part alien agents now. Who gives a shit? And, here and, you go. And, you know, just little green men from, like, fire in the sky and shit are also here. Yeah. Who cares? It's great. I love that. Yeah. I like that they tried so hard to make an RPG out of this. Right. So what's your favorite thing? Uh, I'm going to say my favorite thing in this book is the... Man, this is tricky because it really just there just isn't that much in there. Uh, but I particularly enjoyed the fact that you could play as just about anyone from the from the story that they created. You could play as the aliens, just run around trying to fuck your way to, to genetic dominance if you want. Yeah. Uh, or you could play as the agents chasing them, or the humans chasing the agents. There's just a whole variety of they they were pretty agnostic when it came to who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here. Just play as whatever you want, and I, I kind of liked that freedom. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, what would you say? in your honest opinion, was the worst thing in this book. The worst bit about this book And is, let I, may I remind you, sir, that you swore an oath on a Bible under God to give me your honest opinion. I would say probably the worst thing in this is the way shape-shifting works like we just mentioned. <laughs> it definitely sucks. God, the fact that it's like, oh, you could turn into like an animal form. And like, oh, okay, that's, that's pretty cool, I guess. Mm, like Beast Boy. But then they just immediately go, no, that would be too easy. Yeah, you could turn into an animal like the American werewolf in London style. Yeah, you've got to really work for it if you want to transform into something. Mm-hmm. And that sucks ass. Yeah, it's not cool. It's it's not a cool superpower if you can turn into a bear, but you have to eat a whole bunch of pie first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just have to imagine, like, because you're an agent at this point, 
you're just some like super gruff marine or whatever and you're just sitting down there like chowing down on pie he's like <laughs> oh i'm gonna when i finish this blueberry pie i'm gonna turn into a fucking bear <laughs> that'll show you oh here i come <laughs> some dude sitting next to him is one of those like sunglasses and a black suit type guys and he's just like yes okay target acquired now to eat eight thousand pounds of food so i can turn into an african elephant huh. <laughs> it's real bad it's real stupid and bad <laughs> so uh so Jeff, yeah your least favorite uh, I well, if this book's got one of the worst merits and flaws systems in it, can I just can I just say that I really hate the repetitive nature of the merits and flaws system in here, where everything is just like this thing at level one. All right, on the next page, this thing at level two. Yeah, I just I don't. It, it's so boring to read all that. I know, and I mean, I understand as far as the granularity goes. If they're like, oh, there's a difference between like a tier one. Uh, disadvantage for being addicted to something in a tier three disadvantage but even then meh. you don't need to put it into two different individual paragraphs with their own little headers and so on you could just be like addictions class one class two class three class four there you go people are often addicted to things and it increases with class rating yeah you could let's save everybody some time but then again if they did that this book would have been nine pages long so it's very true god and i mean honestly a lot of this book is just telling you what happened during the movie and the shit that they have changed. Right. And uh, again, the the book has a color pullout section in the center of it uh, that's like glossy page so they can do some some pictures from the film. And it's pretty clearly like from a trailer because, I mean, there is a full two-page spread dedicated to the woman who gets her spine snapped in the bathroom of the club in the movie. Yeah. Which, like, you don't um, even remember what I'm talking about. You probably saw Species. There was a very brief moment where this happened, but I'm going to bet it happened in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Because we, we certainly didn't get to see any uh, still color images of the fuck train. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck train's so Giger. So H.R. Giger, it hurts. So Notably, Giger. the fuck train was literally built by Giger himself. Yes. Like when you watch the credits, it's like the, the fuck train build team, H.R. Giger. And here comes a huge list of what is he, Polish, Austrian? A whole list of people with, uh, with names that are very close to his. Yeah. And man, that fuck train was just like a penis on wheels. With a bunch of smaller penises. That are like pistoning to the sides and then like some blades and tentacles. Yeah. Ugh. What a great time. So, uh, here he so there you go. Comes, here comes the fuck train. He's a penis on wheels. <laughs> he's a penis and he's going to be fucking after someone. I mean, it's only his dream sequence, but I was like, come on, Natasha Henstridge or Michelle Williams or whoever was active in that scene. It's a train. Just take two steps to the left and, and then, then a, a jump to the to right. The right. <laughs> uh, oh, you want to do the time warp again and go back to 2018? Yeah, let's go. All right, John, would you play this game? I... <sighs> I don't like Masterbook. I'm no. going to come out and just say I'm not a fan of the Masterbook system. I don't think it's the worst thing we've seen. It's definitely... It's boring. I mean, honestly, for West End games, it is one of the close to workable that I think they had, because I really hate West End games. <laughs> Fair enough. And what else this they is make? The, the closest to a system that I feel works. I feel like they made some kind of Cthulhu what, Star thing. Wars? Well, Star Wars in particular, we didn't like. I, and and we've taken heat for that over the past well, couple Chaosium of years. Well, Chaosium was uh, the Call of Cthulhu that you're thinking of, probably. Probably. I, I don't know. I could have sworn the West End Games made like a Cthulhu thing somehow. I'm sure they might e Everyone have. has, because it's open license and, and yeah. it, it prints money for you. Who gives a shit? Yeah, just everyone, do it. Uh, make Cthulhu whatever, because nerds will buy them. Yeah. So, I just... It's close. It's on the verge of being something I would play, 
but it would definitely not be in the world of species. <laughs> well, we're running out of master book properties. I mean, the other ones. Hey, I we even... got the world of Tank Girl, the world of Blood Shadows. I own the world of Blood Shadows. Yeah. So, and after that, I, I can't. Really... Tank Girl is another one that we need to get our hands on. Yeah, and I think that's there's like two more after that that I can think of. Yeah, but here's the thing: I don't even know if we can review Tank Girl at this point. We've more or less pointed out that. At the time period of the mid-90s, Masterbook hitched their wagon to a lot of dumb properties that did not have legs. It was... West End Games was just like, yo, what has come out? Like, I will grab at anything that is cheap enough I can get my hands on it. And they kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, they were trying to catch the same goal that Simbita did for Palladium when he was like, what are these, Ninja Turtles? No one's ever heard of them? I'll happily make the role-playing game. Some kind of mutant turtle? Yeah. It's also a ninja and a teenager, you say? This is quite confusing. It's definitely not a Saturday morning cartoon yet. Oh, I'll take the rights to that. Yeah. And they were like, oh, fuck, we've got to get in on this. Holy shit. Yeah, they're they like, oh, my God, do you see how rich that, that guy from the Midwest got? We need this money. <laughs> get that bread. Yeah. Yeet that wheat. <laughs> so there you go. No, I don't think either of us would play this. It's No. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing in a one-shot in some other system that is connected to the movie species, because that is some funny shit for a premise. Yeah. I could play a Starcrossed game like this. <laughs> yes. I will, I'll play as Alfred Molina. Yeah. And you can play as Syl. That's perfect, yeah. And then I'll just be like, will I eat your face after you impregnate me? Uh, yeah. Of course I will. Yes. Well, we'll find out when we play Starcrossed. <laughs> So there you go. That's the game. Thank you so much for uh, for following us along on what I'm sure was a tight, concise review. Ooh, real, real tight, real centered. You got a real good line through that oh, you can follow easily. A lot of emails already prepped. They're like, guys, you just didn't review the game enough. Guys. There's a, there's a standard. There's emails coming in right now that are like, guys, it's like you just read the book to me. That was amazing. <laughs> That's it was like an audio book of, of species. Yeah, which I don't know why there aren't more audio books of role-playing games. I do. It's <laughs> Well, just because it'd be a useless resource for the purpose of uh, like actually trying to play a role-playing game doesn't mean they shouldn't exist. Yes, it does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They should exist, though, for, for you and me specifically. Oh, they should exist just yeah. for us. For us. We can do them. For only us. I mean, I wouldn't buy one ever, God, but <laughs> I would do one. I would definitely take the free 30-day trial of, Auda or of uh, what is it that does the audiobooks? Audible? Audible. Audible.com. Audacity. Auda That's no. what we're recording on. That is, we're recording on microphones. <laughs> we're recording on chairs. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> ah, hey. hey. Uh, okay. You want to so get semantic with a motherfucker, let's do it. <laughs> All right, John, flux. You and me, let's go. <laughs> never again. Never. John, the tragedy will never be done again. Interesting Interesting side note about the two of us. We are not allowed to play Flux as friends. Yeah, we are not. Or as enemies. Uh, <laughs> we're just not allowed to play with each other. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, thank you so much. As always, if you liked what you were listening to, and of course you did. Of course. Then, then the, that, the thing, logical thing that you should do at this point is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us. And if you support us at a dollar or more, you will unlock bonus content. We are about to go make characters in Masterbook, The World of Species, mm -hmm. and we're going to bring you a full report, and we dive a little bit deeper. So for those who are a little grumped up when we don't get super into the systems, that's going to happen a little bit more mm -hmm. when we make characters. Yeah. And for those of you who are a little bit grumped that we haven't been big dumb idiots enough... We'll do a little bit more of that. I think, I think the number one complaint we tend to get is that we don't review how the combat system works, and that's because it invariably is boring. Uh, okay, combat yeah. system in the master book world is 
you roll your dice, and they have a static defense value, and if you beat it, you hit them and you do wounds. Uh, you subtract their armor value from the damage you deal. If you want to dodge something, you get a plus three for an active defense, or you roll randomly, uh, or it's just your static defense, and that's combat. Well, there you go. John did the research, which means that we already we, we count. We, we slide in under that. And, uh, yeah, so, oh, John, let me ask you this question. Is there a full page given over to a boring description of how machine guns work? Of course there is. Oh, great. There's an entire page that tells you how it adjusts your damage, also fucking the damage in there. I didn't even get into it, but there's, like, levels that say, like, two wound and a K, and because you have K and O as two different things. And KO. And so if a thing hits you and you get a K... And then something hits you and you get a no, you're knocked out. But if you get a KO from one thing, you're knocked out. And if you get a K and then another K, then you just take, like, another wound or something. It's fucking stupid. Oh, no, you take shock because there's shock damage in this. Hey, guys, you know why we didn't talk about the combat system in this? Just fuck it. Who gives a shit? <laughs> you're not going to fight anybody. It's not that interesting. So so there you have it. But uh, anyway, once again, patreon.com slash systemastery. Support us for a little more detail, fun characters that we make to talk to you about. There are two more levels on that Patreon that will unlock bonus content for you, the listener. The $2 level gets you our Star Wars bonus content, and the $5 level unlocks the monthly afterthought. Which uh, we just put out and is... It was a, it, it was a fun intro to make. I mean, it was it's the exact uh, John and my exact favorite type of intro, which is oh yeah. I don't know if everyone else yeah, loved no. it, but God, we did. Categorically stupid. Definitely took more than four hours to make, and only you and I love it. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It is the kind of intro that takes so much effort for so little payoff that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. So once again, head on down to that Patreon, support us there. Otherwise, find us at System Mastery on Gmail, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook. Uh, you can send us your questions, fi uh, find our Discord and join that, and talk to all the fun people who are also fans of us. Uh, and otherwise, I sure hope you have a great week. And so does John. No, I don't. I hope you have an amazing week. <laughs>